Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence, Holy Family, and St. Joseph in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Dan Rhoda, and with me I have Father Eli Gieske. How are you doing today, Father Eli? Good. Good to be with you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining. Um, we're doing this uh, this episode a little early. A little early, because we're going to be out of town next week. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be uh, in Kansas City. Ooh, Kansas City. Going to a conference. So, so yeah, so uh, that should be uh, should be fun, hopefully. Yeah. And, uh, this is the one you're doing with Father Paul? Yep, yeah, yeah. So uh, Father Paul and then uh, Father Tim's going to it also. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yes, yeah, so there'll, there'll, there'll be some some diocesan priests there, which yeah, will be good, yeah. and hopefully learning more about uh, how to, you know, bring uh, bring our parishes to where we need them to be. Yeah, so that's great. So yeah, so th- that'll be good. Um, excited about that. But that being said, we're doing this uh, a week ahead of time. So, um, so yeah, anything that we want to highlight going forward for uh, this next week? For yeah, so. This will air next week sometime, and uh, the following week we have we have uh, Toes to Us coming up, so that starts on the twenty seventh mm-hmm. on Sunday night. Yep, we have uh, oh because of Toes to Us, there's a couple things that get shifted. Mass Monday through Friday here at St. Lawrence eleven fifteen, rather than the jumping around from back and forth between Holy Family and mm-hmm. different times. So Monday there's Mass at eleven fifteen, which is unusual, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. All at eleven fifteen, so be with the kids. So if you come, be ready for kids. Um, otherwise, you can. Uh, there'll be an insert in the bulletin this week that will help you know where there are other places to go to mass um, in the city of Duluth. Uh, also, the adoration times, um, the t- Tuesday time that's normally here at St. Lawrence, will be moved down to Holy Families just to allow for that. Um, because we have mass and stuff here on Tuesday. Yeah, and speaking of totus to us, uh, you can the registrations are now live for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we have uh, a link on our website. Nice. So if you can just go to catholicduluth.org and scroll down a little bit, you'll see it. It's just right on there on the main page, or else it's under the faith formation tab also. Um, or else you can probably probably call the office. Yeah, you could do that too. I'm sure somebody could 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 help you there. And Karen will be back next week, right? Yeah, she'll so. be back. So and um, so we're doing totus to us this year with Saint James and Saint Elizabeth, and also with Saint Rose and Saint Raphael. So all all the well, I don't know if you call them the West Side clusters. I don't know if it's Saint Rose and I don't. Yeah, they might be more. The, the not East the, Side. The, yes, the non East Side <laughs> parishes are all working together on totus to us this year. At Saint Lawrence, so yeah, yeah, good. Uh, yeah, the the other things that are happening is uh, so the obligation uh, for the Sunday to, to go to Sunday Mass is coming back. That uh, begins July first, so uh, the weekend of third fourth is going to be the first um, the first Sunday obligatory in, Sunday in, in a while. Yeah, in like sixteen months. Yeah, so yeah. so if you're excited about obligation this is your time to, to shine. I mean, most people aren't, it's not a, a word that I get excited about usually, but okay. If people want to get excited about this, I'll, I'll okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and then the last thing, this, uh, which was, so the, the weekend of the 27th or 26th, 26, 27th, 27th. Uh, we're going to be having just a little survey, uh, at the end of mass, 
um, at St. Lawrence. At St. Lawrence specifically for uh, the just just to get some more feedback on the proposed renovation of the sanctuary. Yeah. So tell your friends this this is uh, news that has not been shared yet with the parish, but we are working on this little secret survey. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. secret, but yeah, it is a survey. Uh, <laughs> it, it's not secret, but it is a survey, and yeah, we just want to just just want to try to get a, a a better grasp on what everybody thinks, mm-hmm. um, and then you know possibly some 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 comments that are uh, that are kind. Yes, if you don't have kind comments, keep them to yourself. No, yeah, we're we're open to comments of any kind that would be helpful to the discussion. We'll put it that way. Yeah, that, that is a really good way to put it. Uh, but yeah, so, this, so that's kind of what's going on. Uh, it'll be good to, to, to get some, some, some life in here, like during the week, Yeah, you know, with, with totes to us. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been kind of quiet, like, you yeah. know, during the week. Yeah. There's just not a lot going no, on. So. Not a lot going on. So this should be good. Yeah. It'll be good. Um, and then, uh, so this week we're going to be talking about, uh, St. John the Baptist. Yeah. Uh, the 24th is the, the feast of his nativity. Yes. So that's the day he was born. The day he was born. Yeah. 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 So in case you don't know what nativity means. Um, so we're going to jump into that. But before, Father, would you open us with a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we come to you and we invite you to bless us during this time. We ask you to bless our events coming up, our Totus Tuus week and the team that will be here all the students and families that participate in that. Um, we pray for the guidance and the intercession of St. John the Baptist, that we could be bold in proclaiming Christ and proclaiming the the good news and inviting people into the life of Christ. Um, bless our discussion in our podcast today. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so starting off with John the Baptist, um, is John the Baptist the only other person other than Jesus that we celebrate their nativity? Do we celebrate Mary's nativity? Uh, I think there is in the old calendar, so maybe okay. somebody still some still do, but I think you might be right in the current calendar that it's the only one. Okay, we celebrate the conception, the Immaculate Conception, but not the nativity Correct. of Mary. So I could be wrong though. Mm. Yeah, or it, it could be it could be out there maybe somewhere, but it's but it's not like a maybe Obli- a, it's not a, obligatory. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. or something. Yeah. So so I mean I think I mean that that fact right there is pretty big. Yeah. Just the fact that he's the only person other than Jesus that we celebrate the day he was born. Yeah. Which probably goes to show He's pretty important. Yeah. So happy birthday, John the Baptist, tomorrow by the time this airs, right? Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and um, and then happy birthday to me the next day. Oh. So. 25th. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So uh, Jesus' half birthday is my, is my birthday, so we, you know. Cool. Yeah. We share uh, we share that, that day, yeah. so. It's, it's a good day to share. I mean, Jesus probably celebrates half birthdays, right? Yeah, I, I'm sure it's very important to him. He probably celebrates quarter birthdays and. Yeah, yeah. So John the Baptist, he's always been a favorite of mine. Um, my middle name is Paul, so he wasn't like a formal patron. But I think since I've been in the seminary, and definitely since I've been a priest, he's been a 
a patron of mine when I got ordained, it's typical to make a holy card or have yep. a holy card made. And on the holy card, I wanted specifically Mary and John the Baptist. Um, and this, I was hoping to find a picture of John the Baptist pointing to Jesus being held by Mary. And I think I found one. I forget who it was by or whatever, but um, that was important to me because I've always had this sort of desire to point to Christ with my life. My life, want, I want to I want to be somebody who points to Christ, whether or not I succeed at that. But um, And the, the quotes on there, one is, Behold the Lamb of God, and then the other is, He must increase, I must decrease. And that's still, my, I think, my tagline on my emails. But, um, yeah, so John the Baptist for me has always been someone who I just am impressed by and inspired by and to some degree want to emulate so yeah and i i mean i think he is really interesting also because uh and a lot of his life is in the scriptures Mm -hmm. which is unusual yeah uh like he's he's almost like one of the secondary like characters of of the gospels gospels, Mm -hmm. you know uh and because we get a lot of information on his parents Mm -hmm. and uh, and I, I mean, I probably should know, but one of the Gospels, it's more about him at the beginning than anyone else. Yeah, that's uh, Luke. Mm-hmm. Luke, okay. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, I think, like, that's all really interesting. But, like, why why is that? Like, what did he do or what the, what is there about, like, his life that was mm-hmm. so important? Yeah. So John the Baptist is the forerunner of Jesus. So he not only is Jesus' cousin, which is interesting to think about. You know, Mary, Mary and Elizabeth were cousins, so... John the Baptist and Jesus were distant cousins. Um, but he is the forerunner of Jesus, so he goes before Jesus proclaiming the, uh, basically inviting people to repent. And he does a baptism, not of the Holy Spirit, but of just repentance, a baptism of repentance. So he's out baptizing, that's why he's called John the Baptizer. Um, and he's the one that baptized Jesus. Um, so he's given that particular role of Going before Jesus, preparing the way, and um, then given this special uh, role of baptizing the Son of God, which is like, wow. Not that Jesus had to be baptized, but this um, that, that Scripture could be fulfilled and all this, and we could fulfill all righteousness, as I think as the Scriptures say. So um, he has a particular role that nobody else has. And... Um, yeah, it, it is interesting how the different Gospels touch on his his life, but um, he you get the sense that he's a very forceful speaker, pro- proclaimer of, of uh, the, the good news, and kind of a severe character in some ways. I mean, camels, lives in camel's hair and lives out in the desert places and, you know, eats locusts and honey, wild honey. So you just get a sense of, like, this kind of wild man i was thinking mm-hmm. of him as like long hair and beard and um kind of un- uncapped but who knows what he actually looked like but um his words seemed to have power like people came out into the desert to see him it wasn't like he was going into jerusalem and proclaiming things it was they were going they were coming out to him to see him and we hear a number of places in the in the scriptures that people thought he was a prophet that they uh even thought jesus was John the Baptist reincarnate or something yeah. like that. So um, there's a sense where, where John is proclaiming something that resonates with people 
and is speaking to them about something that they've been waiting to hear or are are at least fascinated by his message. So, Yeah, and so, something else that I, um, I think it's easy to like gloss over in the scriptures, but, uh, but like St. Andrew and St. John, they were like his disciples before they were Jesus' disciples. Right. And so, uh, and like, I, I think, I think that's, uh, it's cool to just kind of hear that and think about that, that like he was like, even preparing people like, mm-hmm. like the apostles for Jesus to come to a certain extent. Right. Right. You know, he was, he laid some of the foundation. Uh, yeah. So like, yeah, like when you think of just how, how much like what Jesus did kind of built off of what St. John yeah. worked, like laid. And and something I love about John the Baptist is that he doesn't resent Jesus' coming like and, and kind of like taking over. He's, he's like, that's why I love that passage, he must increase, I must decrease. It's like my only point and purpose is to prepare the way and as soon as the one is coming I just need to get out of the way and um, and in some way God does that by allowing him to be imprisoned he's kind of he's kind of a big figure and then all of a sudden he's in prison by Herod and we don't hear much about him except for his execution so um, it's it's interesting to see how he surrenders to that um, that process of being or becoming sort of insignificant to the rest of the world and, and letting go of any notoriety that he might have had or that he surrenders to this role of it's not about me, it's about Jesus. So, um, yeah, fascinating to me. Yeah, and, and I could I could see that being uh, like... Like for maybe a lot of people, even within the church, like people don't, I would say for the most part, people don't anymore maybe become priests to like be uh, like a person of influence. Right. You know, yeah. Maybe at some point. Maybe maybe there's some out there, but yeah. And, 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 and yeah, maybe there is some currently, but for the most part, I feel like people don't do that. But then after a while, if they are especially like well-known or even well-liked, they can uh, maybe do like get used to that and and like that, which I guess maybe isn't bad. Just like that being that, but then when that's taken away, then being like, oh well, like now I'm like I'm angry mm-hmm. or I'm mad because I don't have the influence. I, didn't, I don't had. have that influence anymore. I don't have that popularity because somebody has surpassed me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even if it is like the person that's supposed to, right, you know, like, right. it, like, it, I mean, that's, I think maybe just a human condition that like, we're like, no, we like being like the popular one or something. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so yeah, he's even like a model just for that too. Right. Right. To, to step away from the limelight. Um, and never really seek the limelight. It's not like he wanted that. He just, mm-hmm. um, he basically preached the message. And you get the sense that, like, whether people care or not, like, I'm just out here preaching in the desert, mm-hmm. and people can come if they want and listen if they want, but if they don't, I'm not gonna. It doesn't bother me. I mean, that's the that's the sense I get when I read some of um, what was happening. But um, so uh, I love that detachment from like what people think or what people uh, are saying or. Th- that I'm trying to like create something for myself or whatever. Like 
all I am doing is what God told me to do, and that's it. And to me, that's that's awesome. Like that's the kind of priesthood I want to live, and um, so that's why it's always inspired me. So, yeah. What what do you uh, like? How, how do you think we can live that out? Just like to to model uh, Saint John the Baptist lives because kind of like what you said right away, like pointing towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that, that he did that was like really his role, yeah. um, which we can live, relive that role like every day, just interacting with people and just help help pointing to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To I th- people I th- in our own lives. But I think it's something we just have to keep uh, aware of and, and kind of keep tabs on in our life. And, um, I think that's the challenge of being influential. You know, like you look at somebody's life like a celebrity or an all-star or somebody like that, and a lot of times it kind of gets to their head is like the way people look at them or the way that people whatever view view them or whatever, and they, they lose focus on their life in a sense and become more enthralled with becoming somebody that they're not or becoming somebody famous and influential or whatever. And so for us, um, to have this identity of like, my my role is to be a follower of Jesus, not to be someone who is cool or someone who has influence or uh, wisdom to share, whatever, like, I don't have anything. All I have is Jesus, and that's all I have to share. Um, when that's our true identity, awareness of that i think that helps us and then just to be um cognizant of the like that we're pointing people to christ especially when we're in ministry whether it's as a priest or as a layperson um to really have that desire for the soul to meet christ rather than i want to be like this person's spiritual guide or this person's yeah. uh i want them this person to really like me or whatever like that's kind of all beside the point. Either I'm a disciple of Jesus and I follow Jesus and I help others to follow Jesus, or I'm all about creating this image of myself or helping myself become something or whatever. It's to me that there's no there's no appeal to that, and if there is an appeal to it, it's it's wretched and compared to what we're called to is to be a follower of Jesus. So, um, so I think just having that awareness of like, I'm nothing without Christ. And in a sense, I'm all about Christ. Like I'm, my life is about bringing others to Christ. And so whether it's a lot of people or a few people, I'm just this instrument in which God can work through which God can work. And so, um, having that desire and having that recognition of that's what I'm called to helps because then when there's the temptation to become someone famous or to become um, influential in somebody's life or whatever in a way that maybe is not the best, um, I can just say no, no to those invitations, right? And or no to those vain thoughts or vain glory or whatever that uh, that might come up. So, um, I mean, we were just talking a minute ago about. Uh, Father Altman and his whole deal over in, in the cross and some people think he's the best and other think he's the worst but I I look at that and I it makes me sad because his situation has kind of 
created this place where he has to kind of choose between being faithful to the church and to Christ and his priesthood or being faithful to all these followers who kind of look to him now for, like, tell us what to do against the the corruption in the church or the uh, the corruption in the Democratic Party or whatever, you know. And so he's become, his priesthood has become more about trying to lead this group that is kind of on the far right of our society rather than leading people to Jesus. I mean, yes, I think he would still say, I'm trying to lead people to Jesus, and maybe even he believes that, but in reality there's, there's this confusion there. So uh, whether we're, whatever our life looks at, we, we all have opportunities at times to, to lead people, to help people. And if, if it's not about Jesus, then it's about me at the end of the day, right? If it's not about Jesus, then it's about something else. And usually that means me. So um, being clear that it's about Jesus. That's what I love about John the Baptist. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, uh, I mean, he's such a simple man. I think that's probably part of it too because the more that our lives get complicated and uh, just complex and there's a lot of stuff going on, it's harder to maybe keep that focus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas he's just like, no, I got my, uh, I got my honey, got my locusts, got my Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, um, yeah, uh, just the fact that he is so, so simple. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Just kind of living a life that has a clear focus. Yeah. And because he's not beholden to anybody, he can always speak the truth, right? So he's able to say to Herod, you should not be with your brother's wife. You know, he calls him out on it. He gets in prison because of it. So there's a consequence to that. But he's not kept silent on any issue because he's beholden to somebody or, you know, like we see politicians today or even clergy sometimes today beholden to something outside of Christ or beyond Christ or apart from Christ and that steals their ability to to speak on certain things. So if, if I've taken money from somebody for something then I might, if, if it came be a choice between speaking against something that person has done speaking the truth you know, maybe there's corruption, maybe there's whatever, or well, I don't want to speak against that person because then they might not give money to the church anymore or give money to me or whatever the situation is. Like, now I've sacrificed the gospel. I no longer am a messenger of the gospel. I'm a messenger of myself. Or uh, There's been some loss there. And so by living that simple life, as you mentioned, where I'm not, I'm not looking for anything from anybody, I'm just a mouthpiece of Christ, a mouthpiece of the Lord, um, there's a freedom in that. There's a there's a great power in that because there's nothing that's an obstacle to the truth and the and the message of the good news. So it's a powerful thing. And I think it's hard sometimes the the more influential we become or the more position or authority we come, the more we can become attached to that and try to protect that status rather than doing the right thing at the right time. But, you know, please God, a priest or a bishop or pope or anybody that has influence in the church would sacrifice that in a minute to do the right thing on behalf of Christ. And uh, we see great harm done to the church when that is not the case, when we don't sacrifice those things, when we, we, 
we want to hold on to our status or we want to hold on to uh, a connection to a certain group of people who we find helpful or useful or whatever and so we don't speak the truth to them or we soft pedal the truth or we you know you can see how this very quickly becomes uh, an obstacle to proclaiming who Jesus is to the world and and being this free-flowing place of the gospel just coming from from me to to you is if I can't um, be open about anything and everything that God wants to speak through me then I'm hampered from from doing my what I'm supposed to do so yeah um, I think one other one other thing when it comes to St. John the Baptist and I mean I, I think it goes along the lines like the same lines with what you were just, just talking about but to me he seems like one of the like when I think of like humility he's kind of one of the first guys that pops up in my head yeah um, just kind of I mean uh, the one quote that you said earlier like uh, he must increase I must decrease um, it probably comes from that a lot because that's a very famous quote mm-hmm. uh, but just you know kind of comes with this idea of like living a focused life and being simple and not being afraid to like preach the truth um, just this idea of just being being humble mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I feel like that might be the like the connection yeah yeah with, with like all these different yeah, like attributes is just like him just kind of like knowing and even just being like 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 confident like knowing who he is and who Jesus is mm-hmm. and like and knowing that like what his purpose is yeah so. yeah I think you're right humility uh, I forget who's there's there's a lot of saints who talk about humility as being sort of the gateway to uh, to holiness or to connectedness to God because when we're humble there's there's nothing that gets in the way in a sense we our ego can so easily become something that we hold on to rather than uh, just clinging to Christ first and foremost no matter what it costs us and so yeah the humility is a great freedom from the things of the world so it's a it's a great virtue to to cultivate and to have and a gift, but not easy always to hold on to that. Yeah. Um, this is totally like different, I think, <laughs> or it's uh, very much changing the, the conversation. Um, and maybe you'd know this, maybe you don't, but I've, uh, I've heard a couple times through people like talking about um, like when it comes to the Jewish faith, and how not very many people in the Jewish faith, like, or that there's certain, like, sects within the Jewish faith that baptize and other don't. Hmm. Uh, and so just the fact that, like, St. John the Baptist was, like, a Jewish man who also did baptisms that, like, the people, they could, like, trace him to, like, this specific, like, I don't know if it's, like, a sect or, like, a clan or a, hmm. something within the, the the Jewish faith. I, I don't know if you know anything about that. Yeah, or there, if you're f- f- there's, familiar, there's, there's some people that think he was an Essene, which is like a group. They were kind of like, uh, they, today they would be like the people who have like bunkers or like food shelves in their basement where they... Or like, are, like like doomsday people? Doomsday people, yeah. yeah. They, they, basically what they did is they went off into the desert and lived apart from everybody and waited for the end of the world to come. And they 
lived a very sort of monastic life. At some, I mean, some people would look at that as like the roots of the Desert Fathers or the monastic thing or whatever. So they they were set apart. So some people think he was an Essene that he that's where he come came from and that's where he lived for a while or whatever. Uh, and maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. We don't know. Uh, but it wasn't uncommon at that time to have different sort of baptisms. I mean, it wasn't a a new Christian term when we started baptizing. The 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 reality of what was happening had changed when in Christian baptism we're becoming uh, a new creation. The indwelling of God is coming to us. So something different is happening. The the baptism of John was of repentance, meaning it was a sign, merely a sign, not an actual, you know, physical or spiritual reality that was happening. But it's merely a sign of, I want to change my life, because that's that's what his thing was, uh, repent, the kingdom of God is coming, repent. So uh, it was a sign of I'm washing my life, I'm I'm starting over, I'm I'm turning back to God, I'm turning away from sin, I'm turning away from whatever it is that's keeping me from God. And so his baptism was was of that kind. And, and um, you know, baptism, it just means a washing. So there were other baptisms over the over the years, things. The Essenes were into baptisms and all kinds of purifications and whatever. So um, I'm sure if one were to do research, there you could find other baptisms that were happening. And even sure. in Acts of the Apostles, we, we hear about, I think there's one place where Paul or Peter or somebody comes upon a group that, they only know about the baptism of John. They don't know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, and so they they tell them like, "Hey, there's there's more. There's the baptism of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit." And so they, you know, so there's this recognition that this baptism thing was kind of a big thing at the time, but it wasn't like totally out of nowhere. So, okay, I don't know if I'm answering the question, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I always find like stuff like that interesting. Sure, just a lot of. Uh, uh, have like, you heard, have you heard of the Essenes? Is that some? Yeah, yeah. I I, okay. I couldn't I couldn't think of the word, the word but uh, yeah. after you said that, I was like, okay, yep. I, I'm like I've heard that before. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think I just think it's interesting, like learning more about the Jewish faith and the the traditions and yeah. how a lot because so much of what we have came from the Jewish tradition because right. that's where we came from, right. you know. Right. And so uh, the more that we learn about them the more that we kind of learn about ourselves to a certain extent yeah, yeah. and I, I i think you can see like uh just when it comes to all the religious orders that we do have you know some are a lot more like monastic and mm-hmm. might be looked looked at as like doomsday preppers <laughs> or something the, the, those doomsday they live out <laughs> yeah. out there and wherever timbuktu and eat strange things and wear strange clothes and yeah have, have strange haircuts yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I was just kind of like find that interesting. So, yeah, 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 uh, yeah good. Okay, well, uh, well, yeah, that's that's all that we have for yeah today's so, episode. So, go eat some locusts and honey. Yeah, yeah. Which, which okay, <laughs> but like, but maybe before we actually close, but is there like some like did they just feel like oh let's write that he. Ate locusts and honey, or is that was that was, was, was there like something behind that, or uh, I just I heard like... that goes really well together, locusts and honey. No, okay. no, I I think that's probably just like what he had available. That's what's something. available: little protein and a little uh, little wild honey. So yeah, All yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, it refers it's referring back to Elijah because that's what he ate, I think, and even the way he's clothed or whatever, I think it refers to like the prophetic role. I think it's 
they're basically trying to make a reference of like this guy is a prophet because he's doing these things. So okay, I think that I've heard that and maybe read that somewhere. I can't remember. Okay, well, interesting. We, we can factoids. We can take take the next week and do do research or something. Research, so. yes. <laughs> so okay, well, thank thank you, Father. Thank you, everybody, for listening, uh, and we will catch you again next week.